Welcome to Communicate Kindly, the podcast. I'm Mary Feldman. And I'm Karen McCormick. Let's have a conversation about our conversations. Hi, it's Mary here. Welcome back to Communicate Kindly, the podcast. This week, Karen and I are reaching into our vault to an episode we recorded back in the fall after I attended a silent retreat. And I learned that you can communicate kindly even when you're not saying a thing. So, Mayor, I've been dying to hear how a chatty Kathy like you kept her mouth shut for 48 <laughs> hours on a silent retreat. I was on a silent retreat for the weekend. So, yeah, we arrived on Friday night. Uh, and by, well, we arrived around 4.30 and got ourselves settled. And then we had dinner, which we could speak at. We didn't get, that there was orientation and all that kind of thing. So we didn't get quiet until I think it was nine o'clock. No, I guess it was maybe eight o'clock. We did a meditation and then we were silent until 11 o'clock Saturday morning. And then we did a group dialogue then for an hour. And then we were silent again until 11 o'clock the next morning. Did you laugh? Um, I had a few moments because I was with a friend, my friend Joanne, and you could write notes, but you couldn't speak. So there were some moments where we wrote each other notes and we we laughed very hard at our notes text mm. no we didn't have our phones I mean our, we had our phones in our rooms but we didn't have our phones on the weekend so we did not do any texting I will admit that at night when I went back to my room I did check I didn't have any messages no one was really looking for me the entire weekend so but I would go back to the room and and see if I had anything and it was um it was quiet it was very quiet <laughs> did you talk at dinner no there was no talking during meals we spoke during dinner on Friday and during lunch on Sunday and no other meals that was sort of awkward um just did you hear people crunching you did sure you heard people crunching and you you know you sort of it, it was a really interesting process and I highly recommend that everyone does this just to see how you do um but it was really interesting how you're really self-conscious, at least I'll speak for myself. I was, I was self-conscious with the eating in silence, maybe the first time, but then there were seven of us in total and everybody else is eating in silence and I'm not judging them. And then I realized they're not judging me and you know, it's awkward for everybody, but then it kind of wasn't that awkward. And smile. Of course you could smile. You could smile, you could wave, but you didn't have to. And that's what was sort of interesting was that, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves to engage and 
you know, it's cultural in the United States to say hello and to be, hey, how you doing? And to know that that wasn't going to happen, it was sort of nice. It was relaxing and it was sort of like, oh, there's no expectation. Nobody's looking for me to do anything. Nobody's looking for me to be a certain way. I can just be whatever I feel like being and nobody's, you know, I mean, not that I necessarily think people are judging anyway, but there it was like, I know that nobody's judging me. It's just go with the flow and there's just no expectation. So it was really very relaxing. It was really quiet. And my friend Joanne and I, our observation coming out of the retreat was that the world is really noisy. I mean, it is sort of jarring when you come out of a silent retreat and you realize just how chaotic and noisy the world is. And it doesn't really have to be. I think that you can make a choice in that and you can take time. I know it's hard depending on what stage of life you're in and what season your children are in and all of those things matter. But, but even to take a few minutes for yourself where it's totally silent, it's really life-changing. It really is. Um, I definitely see the benefit. I'm much, I I was just much calmer yesterday and today. Um, And, you know, I mean, I'm not really that high strung, but I do like to talk. Um, And it was kind of like, I could talk or maybe not. I could keep to myself. It was just kind of nice. So how do you think you would do with that, Car? I think I would do really, really well. I do. Everyone thinks I like to talk a lot. I enjoy people. I probably like listening more than I do talking, even though my husband would disagree. My kids would disagree. (laughs) Your friends might disagree. (laughs) Now you're an awesome listener. Yes. I'm a good listener. But you do like to talk. But I will tell you, it would be so nice to be in your own head, your own space, your own thoughts, and just zip it, nip it, put it in, what's that other one? Zip it, lock it, put it in your pocket. (laughs) And I think really, sometimes we talk just to fill the gap that's exactly it and I really sense that now I don't feel the urge to just talk for the sake of talking it was really a great lesson and maybe it made you feel like oh it's okay if I'm in a crowd or we're at a table and nobody wants to contribute to the conversation and they just want to enjoy the presence of one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The space of each other. 
Um, and, and that's enough. And we do that a lot with the people that are the closest with us. Mm-hmm. Again, I know my husband and I, we feel like we don't have to chit chat. Right. Which is really comforting and nice. And it just feels good. It's like you kind of just blend together and you don't have that pressure. Yeah. Re- remember when we were young, young up and coming business women? <laughs> And I remember, well, I think you were at a wedding and you were invited by yourself and you weren't invited to bring a guest and nobody was talking to you. And I I wasn't there, but you, you relayed the story of, tell us that story. Okay. So I had to be maybe 1920. And I thought it was so cool to be invited to a wedding. And it was a dry wedding, no alcohol. And I was invited. And I realized at that moment that I talk because I'm insecure. Well, was. Now I'm not. Thank you. But it took me 40 years since right. then. Yep. And um. I remember trying to talk to people and no one wanted to give me the time of the day. And I felt really weird. I ended up dancing. I got up and I danced with myself. And then before I knew it, I just was dancing with people I didn't know. And nobody really wanted to be bothered with me. And I learned a lot in that moment with myself that I always felt like I had to be the one to make you feel comfortable and entertain you and for you to accept me. And in that social setting, nobody wanted me. Nobody wanted me to make them feel good. And now when I'm invited to weddings and I don't know anyone, I really like it. There's like no pressure of the expectation oh, I got to make sure I talk to that one. I have to make sure I, I, I included this one. Um, and just to be, and I love that. Well, you missed part of that story. And I believe it was when you were sitting at the table at the wedding and you said, will somebody please talk to me? Oh, I did. <laughs> I kind of did it as a joke. Yeah. So after that, after you told that story, I had a conference for cable television. I believe it was in Disney World, actually. And I knew no one. And I was at like a cocktail hour and didn't know a soul. And I thought, I'm going to embrace my inner Karen. And I went up to people and just said, will you please talk to me? I don't know anybody and I need somebody to talk to. Please talk to me. And I totally got that from you, Kara. You were the one who inspired me because I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do walking around here and not talking to anybody. So I got to embrace my inner Karen. Isn't that? Well, thank you. And here we are. Now we're at the stage of life where we say, oh. Will you please just not talk to me mm-hmm. and leave me alone? 
I remember the guy, I think his name was Tate. So Tate, if you're out there, thank you for talking to me. He would show up every conference after that. Whenever I would see Tate, we would pair up and have a conversation and make sure that each of us had somebody to talk to. I don't know where Tate is today, but he was he was a good soul. Yeah, he, he made sure that I always had somebody to talk to. <laughs> I guess it's, you know, the different stages of life that you, you know, and we were young, we had to be on. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, and we thought that we we had to carry the room. Yeah. You know, I, I remember my sister and I thinking that a party couldn't be a party without us. We had to like, yeah. we had to be there. We had to stay till the end. You know, we, we, we were the life of the party. And you were, and you are at times when you want to be. Yeah, but it's nice not having that sense of um, pressure, really. I mean, it, it's... I remember as a kid when my parents would have company. Um, usually it was like aunts or uncles and if they were coming for like a family day my mom and dad would be busy getting ready for the party and they would say Cam, go to the door and greet the guests and bring them in and get them all you know set up so I'd be like hi <laughs> and talk bullshit and I don't know where I got it from but it was exhausting interesting See, and you've always come across like that was really comfortable for you and that you were energized by that. I'm, I'm, it's interesting that you say that that's exhausting because you never show it. I used to do a lot of it. Now I don't do much. Mm -hmm. Now what I do do is genuine and by choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and, and if there was silence at the dinner table, right? not the dinner table with family, but it's the Thanksgiving day table. And everyone goes, so, <laughs> so yeah. And it's like, uh, uh, I'm not going to be the, how is the weather? And then you don't make any sense with what you're saying. Well, or then it gets into like these divisive conversations that, no, it's, it, people feel like they have to say something, so they say something, and then it turns into, here's my opinion, here's my opinion, and we disagree, so now we're going to escalate this into, you know, some kind of argument. The communicating kindly is just being. Yes. If you choose to communicate verbally, do it if you want to do it. Yeah. If you choose to communicate by just sitting and smiling and listening, that's kind too. Well, what do you, how do you feel about, say you're, you are at the dining table with a group of people, extended family. Do you feel like everyone sh should be together and sitting and having the meal together? Or do you feel like it's okay if people kind of scatter to, you know, where they might be more comfortable, like take your plate and watch the Eagles game and, or yeah. go, you know, have, have a, a private, more private conversation. Yeah. 
I think I'm more like that when it's a bigger group of people. I really would love, and I don't get much of this, is the intimate family time mm -hmm. with my three kids and my husband and myself and maybe, you know, a, a friend or two in that small setting of like six to eight people sitting at a dinner table and engaging in conversation and sharing. Mm -hmm. I think that's so, so important for when you're raising your family. Yeah. Because that's the time kindness is shared. Yeah. To hear what went on in your day, what's going on tomorrow. And, you know, I regret as a, as a mom that we didn't have a lot of that time. Mm -hmm. We yeah. eat your sandwich or eat your dinner, get in the car, we're going to practice. And a lot of that was missed. And I felt cheated from that. And mm -hmm. so any moment I get, but we could just sit around the table. I choose more to listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I don't always follow their conversations. My kids, you know, they start talking, you know, among themselves a little bit. Um, but I just love watching them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's precious time. But Mary being silent—that's a well, Care, I think. I think this is your next move is to go to a silent retreat and see what you think. Oof. It was very, you know, I feel I can, do you feel my energy's a little bit like yeah, lower? You look good. You look calm. Mm -hmm. You seem relaxed. I, I am relaxed. I am relaxed. So if you haven't tried a silent retreat, I highly recommend that you do it. It's a challenge. And I do think that there are many people in my life that would find it really challenging, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't, it's not something I'd want to do every weekend, but, but I did enjoy it. It was, it was worth taking a weekend to do. It communicate kindly um, eventually can evolve to hosting retreats. Oh yeah. That would be fun. And then that can be one of the retreats that. Yeah. I, yeah. We'll do a retreat and we'll have, we'll have a period of silence on the retreat and see how people do. And then, then we'll gather back together so we can talk because a whole weekend of silence is a lot. For, for you. <laughs> but for some people, maybe not. Yeah. But I would say the majority of people want to be heard. Well, that's true, I think. Um, I just think that the experience is really interesting because if you are somebody who wants to be heard and being in silence, it's really very humbling and eye-opening that you don't need to be heard. It's not necessary. And you don't it, need to be heard. And sometimes, you know, just just listening. And sometimes it's listening to yourself and really, you know, confronting what is that need to be heard? What's that all about? And then realizing that it's not. Really did they necessary. give you exercises to do to like write down? Like we didn't write. It was recommended 
that we didn't write because when you're journaling and writing you're you are in your thoughts and this experience is to kind of empty your thoughts and go within so like a form of meditation it is meditation yeah yeah we we meditate it a lot wow we did 20 minutes of sitting meditation then 10 minutes of walking meditation and then 20 minutes of sitting meditation um so yes there was a lot of meditation that's great um, <laughs> yeah, you look great you really do you look like you had um the nonverbal cleanse that you needed yes I did I felt like I did I really did it was so I'm trying to keep that up in my life I'm getting up in the morning and I'm meditating and I'm stretching and doing some yoga and you know I'm just trying to keep that going so that yeah. can remain calm yeah ah. i'm just in having so much fun doing these podcasts i hope our viewers are enjoying it as much as you and i are they're listeners they're not viewers <laughs> they can join us you know, season two when we do this again um we might even have a silent podcast <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> listeners slash viewers let us know if you have been on a silent retreat would you be interested in being on a silent retreat and if you have been what are your thoughts what are your comments let us know we love to hear from you well that must have been quite a day last fall when i meditated and did yoga I haven't done that since. Sounds like a great idea, though. Maybe I'll start again tomorrow. Here are some other takeaways from this week's episode. Number one, enjoying the presence of others without speaking can be enough. Number two, it's okay to ask people to talk to you. Number three, do you think it's your job to carry the room? Maybe it's not. Number four, the world is noisy. Time out and silence can be so refreshing. Number five, sometimes, even when you're supposed to be silent, it's great to laugh out loud with a friend. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and you know we'd love to hear from you. Are you comfortable in silence? Would you ask people to please speak to you in a crowd of strangers? Send us your comments on Instagram at mary.feldman or at mommccormick, or send an email to mary at communicatekindly.com. We appreciate each and every one of you that takes time to listen each week. When you communicate, communicate kindly and transform the world one conversation at a time.